Thank you so much for this uh, beautiful opportunity we, I have in sharing God's word with you. The Armona Church. Wow. I remember when I was a missionary for the local association that you were a church that always uh, supported me every month, sending me an offering for my needs. I was on, uh, not on salary, but on uh, designated funds or something like that. And I'm still very thankful to you. Thank you. This morning, I'd like to invite you to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. This is a beautiful chapter. And uh, we're going to start uh, reading uh, the word and then a prayer and deliberate on the sermon. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his strength filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me! For I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this had touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, and tell these people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. May the heart of these people fat, and may their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But if ye, but yet in it shall be a tent, and it shall return, and shall be eaten as a tail tree and as an oak, whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this uh, beautiful opportunity we have in gathering together in a church setting uh, to uh, praise your name and lift the name of our Lord, Savior, and King, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you uh, give us this uh, blessing, this privilege, this honor, and this responsibility of uh, being faithfully proclaiming uh, your word. Thank you for this uh, portion that we're going to be uh, considering this morning. 
help me, O oh Lord, to uh, be clear and, and with this message that you have for all of us and to encourage us to keep uh, uh, serving you uh, faithfully. Forgive us, we fail you, for in Christ Jesus, O oh Lord, we pray. Amen. The subject of this uh, sermon that I have uh, selected for you is um, a vision of God in time of crisis. A vision of God in a time of crisis. The Bible says here in the verse 1 that during the reign of Isaiah, which was the number 10 king of the nation of Judah, uh, Isaiah was called to his prophetic ministry the year the king died, which is estimated, uh, uh, Josephus, the uh, historian uh, Jew, tell us it was about the year 740 before our Lord Jesus Christ. And according to this historian, uh, Jew, Isaiah, Isaiah was one of the most prominent citizens in Jerusalem. And as such, he had uh, access, easy access to both the royal and the priestly leadership of the nation of Judah. He lived in a critical time when the people of his nation had to stand against the threat of the Assyrian Empire. It was a situation in, uh, where this uh, uh, empire was telling everybody around, you either join or perish. It was a powerful uh, empire. And that's why we find that this man, uh, Isaiah, uh, come to the temple to pray. The king had died. There's no one that can be seen as a successor, or as someone that will come to save them from this situation. And he comes to pray. And the Bible says that God was there in the temple. And he saw this vision. Wow, can you imagine? The Bible says that seraphims were uh, kind of a floating around, flying around God and his and this majestic throne and the uh, edge of his robe was filling the whole temple. Can you imagine just, just the little edge of his robe covering everything? You know, for hundreds and thousands of people who joined in the temple of Solomon. So it was only the robe. You imagine the whole robe, the whole person, the whole God, of course, he, he, he has no room on this earth <laughs> uh, to be. But this was so impressive, so majestic, that the Bible tells us that uh, he was struck with awe, with, uh, with fear. The Bible tells us, yes, that the Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Psalms 93, uh, 103, verse 19. And the, the Bible also tells us, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth, the world, the world 
uh, also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. The Bible also says in, uh, uh, in the book of uh, uh, Psalms 22, 27, and 28, all the ends of the world. This is just about this song that we, we just sang about him being a roaring lion, you know, and that he is fighting our battles, uh, and he is all-powerful. And that's what the Bible says in Psalms 22, 28, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee, for the kingdom is the Lord's. Amen. And he is the governor among the nations. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 1, it also tells us that we all are in his hands. Amen. You know, when we read these things, they are so encouraging. Uh, I have, I have hear people hearing in the news about uh, uh, even USA being in fear of what uh, uh, Putin in Russia is going to do, or the Korean crazy guy, you know, that he might want to send some missiles uh, to us. People are in fear nowadays. Brother, let's remember the scripture. God is in control of Russia, or man. Our Lord is in control of Korea or China or whatever powerful nations are around. And this is the situation right here with Isaiah. He comes and says, Lord, what are we going to do? We don't have a king. People are distraught. They are in fear. Me, myself, are also concerned about this situation. That's why the Lord appeared to Isaiah. And you know the word Isaiah means? Salvation is of the Lord. <laughs> Just by bearing his own name, Isaiah, means that the salvation of whatever situation is comes from God himself. Amen. Not, not by the efforts of men, not by the intelligence of people. And these uh, seraphims that are uh, in chorus uh, saying to one another, Holy, holy, holy uh, is the Lord. Yeah, that's what the Bible tells us. Uh, let's, let's look at the Isaiah chapter 57, verses, verse 15, that it says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity. Can you imagine? I mean, the house of God is eternity. <laughs> uh huh. He inhabits eternity whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of, of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I, I, this is almost beyond our understanding. How our powerful or roaring lion the one God that is eternal, who sits in the throne in heaven and he reigns over all, who can seize all things, who has no beginning and no end, and he still can come to your heart and to mine because we come humbly uh, and fall before his feet and tell him about our needs. It is almost beyond our understanding. 
How can he do that? Isn't he a wonderful God? Huh? He truly is. And that's what Isaiah, when he has this vision, he has this vision, he is so afraid. And then he comes to uh, this confession in verse six, in verse 5, it says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am done. I am dead, because I am a man of unclean lips. I am a, such a sinner. I, 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 I'm not worthy of this vision. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. <clears throat> the presence, the holiness of God prompted Isaiah to this confession. I am ruined. I am dead. I am undone. It was the self-evaluation of his heart. This is not what we had to do when we come to God, when we realize that he is the judge, that we all have one day to be face to face with him and give an account of our lives. Is it not how we start trembling inside? I, I remember before I became Christian that, uh, well, uh, since I was a little kid, uh, coming from Catholicism, my mom was one of the family who came to Jesus Christ, and she started taking us to church uh, since when I was about eight, nine years old. And I heard so many sermons and Sunday school uh, lessons of the teachers and all of that. And, uh, but I, I came to the age of 20 years old and still have not received Christ as my Savior. But I was in church. I was singing. I was doing all the things, uh, uh, you know, that were done in church. But, but I was not saved. Uh, and, and, and I believed that I was such a good man that if I die, I could go to heaven. Because uh, compared to all the people that were so bad that I knew, I mean, God would probably let me go in. You know, so I, I saw no need of, uh, of Christ or, or being uh, forgiven or, or being saved. It, it is horrible when you, you, you are a kind of a self-justified person. And, and, and that's what I was. That's what I was. But little by little, as I was exposing myself to the word of God, it came the time when... Uh, uh, I wanted to go to the altar and, and kneel down and, and, and fall uh, before my God and ask him to forgive me for my sins. And uh, uh, I think when I came in here, Brother uh, Junior was uh, finishing his lesson, and then he was talking about things that, are, that we are hiding, that we don't confess. He says, this is always no good. We have to confess our sins. And and clear, clear them out and let God to forgive us for it. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, I remember I came trembling to the altar. It was on uh, the, uh, March uh, the 12th, 1966. Wow, that was a long time ago. About 50 years or more. And I came trembling and I was shaking in uh, the altar and, and asking God to have mercy on me and forgive me 
And according to the sermon that I have heard, uh, the pastor said that that's why Jesus had done uh, his uh, work, uh, perfect work of salvation on the cross, that he took my, my, my guilt, uh, that he took my, uh, my, my sins and, 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 and put them upon himself and, and became guilty in my name to pay the debt that I couldn't pay. But I remember I was, I was shaking. And after I prayed, oh, what a beautiful experience that was. But when I got up, I said, wow, like all this weight of sin had fallen off from my conscience. And I went home, and I remember the first person I told, it was my mother. And she had been praying for me for so many years. And I was crying. and tell her, Mama, yeah, now I'm saved. Now I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a Savior. And that's what I say I needed. And that's what you also need if you are not still uh, with the conviction and the assurance that you are a child of God. God loves you. When, he, when God saw that that man was there conf confessing the way he did uh, in verse 5. Woe is me, for I am done. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. It is when we realize how holy God is, how powerful he is, that we come humbly before the Lord and repent and receive him as our Savior. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 3.15, that uh, this is a message, this is what we proclaim, that Jesus Christ came to this world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Forget about everybody else. I am the most sinful, wretched, person in the world and I need the forgiveness of God. God, I'm here. Please, if you cannot save me, I cannot save myself. No religion, no church can save me. And Peter also confessed to Jesus his unworthiness and fear uh, of being so uh, close to Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 10. Remember, it was a miraculous uh, 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 catching of fish and uh, he didn't know it was, it was Jesus Christ he was just getting acquainted with him uh, during the uh, ministry of Jesus and, uh, and the Bible says that, uh, uh, that they had worked, they had toiled the whole night they had caught no fish at all they were getting ready probably 4.30, 4 o'clock in the morning just to go home, uh, all uh, disappointed because they didn't catch any fish. But the Lord Jesus met them on the beach and said, hey, hey, go, go, go again. And, 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 and throw your net on the right side. Said, but we have already done that the whole night. And we, there's no fish. But you know what? In your word. In virtue of what you are telling me, I'm going to do that. And then he did that. He went. Boat, the, the, the boat uh, a little bit uh, there through the, the net. And we already know that there was so many fish that they caught. 
that they had to ask for help. Hey, come and help us, you know, to pull everything uh, uh, to the boat. And when Peter realized that that was done by someone that is not just a man, but God himself on the beach, he said, please, you know, I, 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 I don't deserve to be so close to you. And the Lord said, fear not. From now on, you will be, what? A feature of men. A feature of men. How beautiful all these experiences. When we confess our sins, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he changes our lives. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter uh, number 32, verses 3 to 5, when I kept silence, my bones waxed all through my roaring all day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turning to the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. In verse 1 and 2 of the same uh, scripture, it says that blessed is the man. Uh, Psalms, Psalms 32. Blessed is the man whom the Lord whose transgression is forgiving, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now, is it not the experience that you also had once you knew that the Lord had forgiven you, he removed from your conscience, pulling off all that heavy guilt that you have in your heart because Jesus had died on the cross in order to forgive you, to save you, and to cleanse you before God. Amen? And that's what the uh, uh, or I, uh, prophet Isaiah uh, experienced. The Bible says that this uh, seraphim who went to the altar of sacrifices, he took uh, with, with his tongues that he had in his hands a call. And then he touched the lips of this man. And God himself was telling him that with this, you will be forgiving. You will be cleansed. Remember that this call came from the altar. Uh, thousands, thousands of uh, uh, lambs and other type of animals have been uh, already offered as a sacrifice. The, child, the, the, the blood was shed in the place and the whole body was consumed and that that's why it's not that the call itself had any power to say but it represented uh, the place where the lamb that god has selected for the forgiveness of the sins have been slain and sacrificed and you and i know that that every lamb that they sacrificed represented my savior and lord jesus christ that he was one day in the future to die on the cross for you and for me. And that's why Isaiah, one, uh, the ex 
what does he experience? The cleansing and the forgiveness of his sins, uh, uh, same as you and I. The Bible says that God commissioned him. Commissioned him to what? Let's go again to chapter 6 of Isaiah and verses 8 and on. Once the Lord is uh, manifested, once they, we realize how holy, how powerful our Creator is, and we come to Him and confess our sins, then He cleans us, He forgives us, and then He equips us to do His work. When He said, then I also heard the voice of the Lord, verse 8, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, Hear ye indeed, indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not, and make the people, uh, 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 the heart of these people fat. Well, you, you might think, wow, but uh, what kind of message uh, is this? Uh, uh, well, he was going to be telling uh, the people what he had already experienced. That God is holy, God is powerful, God is the judge. We all have to give an account to them and, and repent of your sins and, and come and confess your sins and surrender to him. But God is telling him what the result is going to be. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to understand. You know, you and I know through the Bible studies that we have had that in the purpose of God, all these thousand of years that the Jew have existed since they were delivered from Pharaoh in the land of Egypt and were uh, organized into a nation to represent God. And they failed him so miserably throughout the years. All that was for the, in the purpose of God because the Gentiles, were around and didn't have this blessing. But purposely, purposely, God made these people stubborn, that they would not hear God, that they would not listen to God. And up to this day, until the Gentiles would have the opportunity to receive the Lord also and to get Jesus Christ, to get the, uh, out of the Gentiles, people saved and being organized into his church, in the New Testament church, and then to proclaim the gospel to the whole world. We are blessed. We are blessed because that's the, that has been the plan of God. And uh, talking about being commissioned then by God, it is because we, we, one, are confronted by God of how holy he is and how we need to uh, humbly uh, come to the Lord and, and confess our sins, then because of that, we are 
commissioned to do the Lord's work. In Isaiah chapter 40, since we are in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, it says, Keep silence before me, O Iceland, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the wrong chapter. It's chapter 40. Come for ye, come for ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfort, comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her welfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So the voice, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You know, we, we know that this has its fulfillment in the life of who? Of John the Baptist, of John the Baptist, the one who came uh, as predecessor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he is saying, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low. It is that the rich and the powerful will have to come down and humble before the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And when he says that, uh, and the crooked shall be made straight in the rough places plain. Oh, when he says also, and uh, every valley shall be exalted. That all those poor and those humble people, uh, all those peasants or whoever they are, they will be lifted up. Isn't it wonderful in our churches, all, all those things we can see? You might be a, a millionaire. You might be a powerful person over here in this church. And there may be there's someone here who cannot even read, you know, has been just a, 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 a humble worker somewhere. And, and it's still, you know, the one being low is lifted and the one that is so high is come down and we all are in the same level. Isn't that wonderful? That's what the Lord does. That's what the Lord has done uh, for so long, for some, so much time. Um, and Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 3. Let's ourselves in the book, uh, on the book of this man that is, his name is Isaiah, which means uh, salvation is of the Lord. He says on Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 3, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had appointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of the vengeance of our God, to come for all that mark. 
this scripture was the one that the Lord Jesus Christ read in the synagogue when he had uh, given the opportunity to do so. And then he said, this is scripture. In, in Luke chapter 4, it says, it's being fulfilled today. So uh, what I'm telling you is that the Lord, as he sent Isaiah, as the Lord, as he sent Moses, the Lord, as he sent the prophets of the Old Testament, as he has sent so many others to proclaim the word, that God is holy, that God is also a, a, a God of love, and he loved the sinners, and he wants to forgive them, and he wants to save them, and he wants to use them in everything for his honor and glory. In all this, uh, John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, uh, all these things were prophesied by Isaiah and were fulfilled in those men. And it's also uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, once that he uh, was on this earth and, and lived uh, his life and set us an example. And then the Bible tells us during the three or three and a half years of his ministry, he prepared his disciples. He chose his uh, apostles and to, to taught them the, and taught them the word because he was going to go. After his resurrection, he was ascended to heaven. But they will be over here making miracles, uh, writing the New Testament, uh, finishing the work. And then in that church that he established in Jerusalem, the other churches will also come down. Because uh, the Bible says in the book of uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, 16, verses, uh, verses uh, 6, uh, let's start reading. Uh, verses 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philip, he asked, uh, or Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15 adds, and he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, That thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound on heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Brother, this is the Lord Jesus Christ assigning to them as, a, as his church, giving to them the authority the keys of the kingdom of heaven in order to go to the whole world 
As Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and through 20 says, Go to the whole world and preach the gospel. And those that are saved, baptize them. And those that are saved and baptized, teach them to keep all things that I, to guard uh, and keep all things that I have given to you. And lo, I am with you unto the end of the world. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that this is, the ch every New Testament church is the house of God that has been sent to the whole world to proclaim that there is forgiveness of sin to every sinner of the world. And Jesus Christ is the Savior, the only way to be saved. Uh, uh, you and I, my brothers and sisters, must be thankful uh, to God that as Isaiah was authorized by God to do the preaching and to write this book, his book, and to proclaim the word. Now it's us, the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ, who have the privilege, the responsibility to do this work. Uh, I don't know how many years uh, you have been here in this place of Armona, uh, maybe 50 years, 60 years, uh, but whatever the number of years are, you are the body of Christ. You have the responsibility, you have the honor, you have the power of, fa of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to preach the word for sinners, to ordain men to the ministry, to send missionaries, to encourage one another and keep serving the Lord until he comes, for he is worthy. Amen. Amen. Um, the Bible tells us, yes, in, in Luke 24, 46 through 48, that that's what uh, he said to the disciples uh, after his resurrection. Let's, let's look, uh, go to that scripture just before we finish. Luke 24, verses 46 through 48. These were the, the two men, the two uh, church members that were so downcast, they were so low, they were so sad, going from Jerusalem to Emos, which is about 50 miles away. And they were talking about, you know, what are we gonna do now, or Savior, or Messiah, that we believe in was crucified, and, and this is the third day, we don't know uh, what has happened, even the, the body has been stolen, uh, according to what they are saying, uh, what are we gonna do? And the Lord came and joined them. And I said, what, what are you talking about? Uh, tell me, you know, and then, and then they say to him, well, are you the only one that don't know what happened these days? But this man called Jesus, you know, uh, the Messiah, and the conversation went on with them. And then he told them it was necessary. It was necessary for him, for himself, he still didn't declare it uh, himself, you know, as the resurrected Christ. 
but he was telling them that according to the scripture, what was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms about the Messiah, about the Savior, all these things had to happen. But once everything was done, he will be taken up in glory and be rewarded by his Father in heaven. And anyway, at the, the, uh, the end of the story, once they uh, realized that it was the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, then the Bible tells us over here on verses uh, 46 or 45, then open the uh, hither understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, this is what is written in, in that it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Amen. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 37 through 43. The book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 37 through 43. It's a parallel scripture to this one that it says, this is happening in the world of Pentecost. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, no. Uh, the, verse 37, it says, the words say, you know, we have published through God all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree him God raised up the third day and showed him openly not to all the people but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us, and he commanded us, he sent us, as Isaiah was sent to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witnesses, witness that through his name, whosoever believed in him shall receive remissions of sins. Isn't that beautiful? To him, from him came the authority for his church to go to the whole world and preach Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you've been doing that for so many years. Let's keep doing this work, which is a great work that no one else can do but us because we have been commissioned to do it. I don't know if there is someone here who needs Christ as his savior. Are you all saved? Every one of you believe in your own heart that if you die tonight, you will go to heaven? 
If you don't have that assurance, you probably need the Lord Jesus Christ. But he died for you. He shed his blood on Calvary so that you can be happily living with gratitude in your heart that you are saved, that you are forgiven, that you have the assurance of going and joining the Lord as soon as you expire in this world. The other day at work, because I'm, I'm working, I've been a painter of cars for many years, and um, the other day at work, uh, a man just playing with me was telling me, he's a Catholic man, and then he said, you know, one of these days that you are there in the paint booth, I'm gonna start creating some sparks, you know, grinding something, and the sparks will go there, and, and of course, no, no grinding is, is, is admitted, you know, because I mean, there are fumes of the pain and gas and all of that, and of course, that will cause an explosion and fire and kill whoever is inside there, and not only burn the car. But anyway, playing with me, he was telling me that. He said, what are you gonna do about it? I said, you know, to thank you. What do you mean to thank me? Yeah, you know what's gonna happen? I die right there, painting a truck or a car or something. I immediately go to heaven, and you were just sending me there to see my Savior, Jesus Christ. You are crazy. No, it's true. Do you really believe? Of course I do. I'm ready. <laughs> and that gave me a chance to witness to him about the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. And then, since then, he has come with questions to me about this and about that, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very sure he's under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but isn't it wonderful you can give those answers to people, you know? I remember Brother Dieter, you know Brother Dieter, uh, he was in the prison ministry, uh, and then he was telling us about this case one day in the association in Visalia. I said, you know, the other day, uh, there was a husky big man, you know, coming to church. And the way he was walking, he was kind of defying everybody, you know. And he sat down there on the first pew, and looking at me in my preaching. And he had this face like of hate toward me. It was the first time we were seeing each other, but he was, I was preaching, look at him, and he was, you know, frowning in, in scary face, showing to me. Anyway, I, I finished my preaching, invite people to come to the altar and receive Christ as Savior. And I stood up after that by the door and just shake hands with them and, you know, dismiss them. And I extended my hand to him and he, he didn't shake hands with me. He just looked at me and said, I hate you. I said, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and then he went, well, he probably didn't like my sermon. He's not going to come anymore. Next Sunday, he was there again, still making ugly face to me, you know. And then the second time, to make a long story short, he said, I was there again shaking hands, and then he looked at me and said, if I had a gun, I would shoot you, shoot you right now. And then I gave him, he gave this answer to this man like the one I gave to this guy of, of the paint book. 
or the shop. And I said, well, you know, you will be doing me a favor. What do you mean? <clears throat> yeah, you'll be sending me to see my savior whom I love so much. <laughs> and then he, he, he told him that, you are crazy. Well, anyway, since he wanted to shoot me, he wanted to kill me, so I thought, okay, bro, he's not coming anymore to church. So I, that following Sunday, he was there again. I said, oh, man, this guy really, maybe this time he's going to do something to me. <laughs> and I presented my sermon. I gave the invitation uh, to come and, and, and kneel down before God. And this guy stood. As soon as I said that, I said, oh, my Lord, he's coming to hit me or something, you know. And then he came. I was there. And then he said, preacher, I need the Jesus you are preaching about. She said, oh, and I was shaking I, I was because I didn't know what he was going to do to me. And I said, well, let's kneel down here together. And they kneel down together. And they pray. He confessed his sins. He invited Christ as his Savior. And from then on, he said, he is a wonderful Christian man. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are no helpless cases for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It doesn't matter how sinful you are or your friends or your children or whoever, neighbors you know. Let's keep praying for them and let's keep giving them the word. It is our responsibility and it is our privilege to keep doing it. Amen.